Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Home Class Movie Chat. We are so excited for you to be hey, here today. Hun, yes? What? What about the intro music? <gasps> I forgot about that. Here comes the music. everybody welcome back to another episode of the home class movie chat we are your hosts movie fanatics cat and paul who happen to be married to each other so we thought we'd enjoy invite you to join the conversation absolutely and this week after the abysmal uh, terrifying destruction of the brain cell that cat had to go through but uh, megaforce <laughs> he's making it up to me by doing a movie that i absolutely love and adore Door. And I had actually been fighting this movie for the longest time, but I tell you what, uh, there is a scene in this movie that I absolutely wet myself over. I know he just cannot stop laughing about this movie. And this is going to be one scene. of my this is going to be one of my favorite movies. I've got several in the bag of my most favorite movies. This has actually made it into at least the top ten of my favorite movies. So it's just it's just a beautifully made film. It's actually a remake of I want to say 1997 maybe with uh Colin Firth 1997 I, screenplay adaptation yeah I can't remember what the original original um, one was an original oh. 1992 book oh 92 that's right yeah but this is with Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore from 2005 fever pitch yeah my my the the girl that I would possibly only leave cat for <laughs> I'll tell Drew that. She but, is my absolute dream girl. I don't know what it is about Drew Barrymore, man, but there is something about that girl. Because I tell you, she would be lucky indeed to get you. If I had to leave Kat for anybody, um, Drew would be the only person. Well, how about we contact her? So if it looks like I'm going to die, you have somebody in your life. Nah, I need a lot more money to be with her, though. <laughs> Not necessarily. She's got her own money. Well, that's okay. I can have her money. <laughs> but that's okay. You're going to inherit all my money. Uh, that's okay. I don't need another person. I've got the I've got the very best, so I don't need to go with uh, with Drew. I can just anyway, I can just so, admire her from afar. So Fever Pitch is probably, with the possible exception of Field of Dreams, my favorite baseball movie. I have watched even if Field it is about Dreams. the Red Sox. Look, oh, okay. So this is a conversation that Kat and I have had backwards and forwards, and we will get to this conversation. No, let's not get into that. I'm tired of telling people that you're an idiot. <laughs> I like I'm the Boston traitor. Red Sox. And you never, and you don't fulfill your vows to me. I do. I definitely did fulfill did my vows. Not. To you. <gasps> Love, honor, and obey. Definitely. Yeah. But the deal was if I go for the Adelaide Crows and Ford, all I asked is that you go for the Yankees. And you're like, and you're like, sure, no problem. Then as soon as I get to Australia, it's, but I like the Red Sox. I actually, I, I go for the Yankees with, if they're playing anybody else, I'll go for the Yankees for sure. That, that I don't care. It's a traitor. <laughs> now this movie was release date which is interesting and i was actually just looking at this the release date was april the 6th 2005 in boston yeah. and april the 8th 2005 everywhere else so it was released actually two days before in boston before it went everywhere else not national. just in boston oh really the film was premiered at fenway park oh my the god of the boston red sox <laughs> they set up a huge screen in center field and that they actually still have movie nights where they play this film at the ballpark oh that is awesome 
Now, Red Sox players from the championship team who joined Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon were Johnny Damon, Trot Nixon, and Jason Veritek, the designated hitter first baseman David Ortiz, and pitcher Tim Wakefield, and first baseman Kevin Miller. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. Now, so I do I, like... I really do like this. That I mean, the running time is 104 minutes, but not one of those minutes are you sitting there trying to wait for something to happen. It really goes at a really great pace. It does. You know? It moves really well. Everything about it is believable. And I just, I adore this movie. It is a great movie. I, I, as I said, I had been fighting for the longest time to watch this movie and Kat finally said, listen, we really need to watch this. And I'm like, okay. Well, not I'll... just that, but I watched Megaforce. I know you watched Megaforce. Which you... means you still owe me both versions of West Side Story. Yeah. You've, you've suffered enough. <laughs> you owe me both versions. But of I, I did say that I would watch this movie and I, I really did. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. And the budget for this movie was $30 million. The box office was 50.5 million. So it made its money. But however, remember on a budget of $30 million on a box office of 50.5, you've got to divide that by two because half of the box office goes back to the studios before the, uh, everybody else gets their cut. So it, it just, it, it didn't really make its budget back at $30 million, but it was still It doesn't matter. Awesome it's still movie. a beautifully charming yeah. movie. Yeah, I really did like this movie. And yeah. and I think that the the way that they actually played off with Drew and Jimmy Fallon, I think they actually complemented each other really, really well. You know, you could you could feel that there was some chemistry there. Um, you know, I mean, it, it was just it was a really great movie. I, I did thoroughly enjoy this one. So I would definitely say that Kat picked very well for this week's episode well, of I think there's only actually been one movie that I've ever told you I loved that you hated. Only one in the entire history of our relationship. Which one was that? The Eye Inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it, it was a weird movie. And watching it again, it's like, yeah, okay, I don't remember why I was so excited about this. Yeah, we but watched that together. that's the only one. Because every time I say, oh, because you're all like, oh, well, you like pink boys and unicorns, and I like blood and gore. Yeah, well, I... and I, But every time, I'm like, this is a good movie. I know you're going to like this movie. You, mm. you fight me on it. And then when you watch it, you're like, oh, we should watch more things like this. That was really good. <laughs> I, I will you stand. You hear the eye roll and, and the uh, face I, palm? Uh, in most uh, most of our listeners are all eye rolling right now, and I can hear they're all sounding like a a bag of marbles. Actually, they're probably <laughs> saying, "Just get on with it already." All right. Well, before we get started on this podcast, remember we have got an email at hello at homeclassmoviechat.com where you can reach out and and uh, basically reach out to us and you know maybe enjoy say hi, enjoy the conversation, um, suggest movies that we might like to do, movies that you like that we've never heard of or that you would like us to do, and we can actually give you a bit of a shout out and uh, make that your your um, episode. But look, before we get started on this podcast, we have to listen to the trailer. So sit back and relax because here is the trailer for Fever Pitch. So you don't have a cell phone, a Blackberry, a pager, nothing? No. Well, what if some sudden crisis occurs, like your father has a heart attack or something? My father died two years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. I just found out this morning, so it's been a rough 24 hours. You know, maybe I should get a cell phone. That's a good idea. Lindsay Meeks has never met a guy quite like Ben. All right, Lindsay, so what's the matter with this one? I'm about to turn 2010, and instead of becoming more open and available, I'm becoming less open. All the guys you date are competitive and successful. It's like you're dating yourself. 
Ding, ding, ding. This guy has got such a good vibe. I really think you've got something here. Me too. Something's not quite right. Robin, there is a reason this Ben guy is still single. I'm really gonna take a chance now. Lindsay, will you go to opening day with me? <laughs> yes. She knows he's a fan. Where do the socks rank in your life? I say Red Sox! And breathing. Can you believe this pinhead? She knows he's devoted. This Red Sox thing, it's an obsession. I know, it's just that I hate when it becomes... Oopsie. But she's about to discover... They're sending me to Paris to close the deal. And I am taking... What? Just how committed he really is. We're two games out of first with three weeks left, you know, but this is when they need me. When they need you. From 20th Century Fox. Dump him. What? Give him the boot. At what point do you say to yourself, I'm counting on you to be the one, and I have no fallback plan? It's not another woman. It's an entire team. She wants me to give this up? You love the socks. But have they ever loved you back? Who are you, Dr. Phil? Get at it. Go, go, hit, go swing the bat. Drew Barrymore, Jimmy Fallon. 23 years? You still care about anything you cared about 23 years ago? It's only a game. What did you just say? She said it's, it's a cry and shame. <clears throat> and start moving towards the door. Fever pitch. You want to tell me, Frank? <laughs> One, please. I think that that trailer really gives you a, a clear idea of just how good this movie is going to be. And I understand that you sit there and go, oh, Jimmy Fallon, he's that late night talk show sort of guy. But and, he's actually but he a is really, really good. good actor. Yeah, he is. I must admit, I was. And I think that was one of the biggest reasons that I didn't go near this movie. Even though it had Drew in there, I still looked at Jimmy Fallon and went, no, he is an annoying shit. I don't want to go anywhere near this movie. But I'm glad that you sort of like decided to try and wean me into getting in there because well, and, and, yeah. and i think the best thing about this movie is they didn't try and turn jimmy fallon into another jim carrey yeah they kept him very reined in to make sure he didn't go over because he was just your normal guy yeah he's you know th he's this really solid guy he's a, a school teacher who has a lot of fun with his students and he makes learning exciting and fun he's the mm. kind of teacher you want your kids to have yeah but he's just this normal guy who happens to be obsessed with the red Sox. yeah which a lot of people in boston are and not to his extent but you know no. And he's just, you know, Joe average and he doesn't overplay it. I mean, yeah, there's some silly moments, but nothing that isn't outside of like a goofy guy. Yeah. It's not a Jim Carrey level. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look, I mean, th there are movies with Jim Carrey that I do like, but there are some movies that you've just got to sit there and go, can you just stop it? Like rain, rain it in. You are over. You're going over the top, you know? Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, one of the movies that I paid to go and see at the movies. Uh, I want my, I want that part of my life back. It was and annoying, <laughs> and my money. It was annoying. It was frustrating. He just went over the top, you know. But at least Jimmy Fallon, at least they said to him, "Okay, just act, and that's it. Just rein it in, yeah. but just act." And he, and yeah. and this is why I think that Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon play off so well together because you know Drew Barrymore isn't over the top in, in in any of the movies that she's done she is very controled she's and when real. you yeah and you get someone and this is probably one of the reasons why 
there are so many guys out there that love Drew Barrymore is because she is the kind of girl that you can see falling in, in love with. You yeah. can see that she is a very real person. She's but an when authentic you see, person. But when you see someone like Jimmy Fallon, you're like, oh, okay, so he's that that late night guy and the just and you think he's going to go over the top like Kerry, but yeah, he doesn't, which is really good. And that's one of the reasons why I did like that movie. Uh, did like the movie is because they play off so well, and even some funny points the movie that he does it's not over the top it's really just okay i'm being funny but i know where the line is there's a yeah. li- invisible line don't cross that and i'm okay and i'm still in that range of you know the yeah. the, the viewer will sit there and go yeah okay yeah, I can th- this movie actually i mean i saw it well before he ever took over late night tv mm. but it this is the film that made me a jimmy fallon fan yeah, I mean, I will say that you know, I will. I like him in this movie. I don't know whether I'm going to be going to see if there are any movies, other movies that he does. I'm not. I, we don't get the late night show that he does on uh, American TV over here in Australia, so we we kind of get get to see him. But I did like this movie. I think it was actually very well done, very well paced, very well written. I think all the people that were in this movie were complimenting each other, and I think the whole movie surrounding the Red Sox and their quest for glory into the world series. I think um, it, it was just, it was an enjoyable fun 104 minutes. So yeah, well, I did. Interesting. Oh, actually, sorry. I'm trying, I'm looking at his credits trying to, oh, okay, there it is. He's apparently been in 56 things. <laughs> really? Okay. Um, yeah. There's, there's a couple of them that I might actually go see if I can find. Okay. Interesting. He he's done a couple of things with uh, Dolly Parton, Christmas specials with Dolly Parton. No. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, he's done a lot of live TV, like um, Saturday Night Live, and oh, he he, he was a voice in Lego Jurassic World. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember him being in the Jurassic World movie. In Lego Jurassic World? No, regular Jurassic World, the actual movie. He played uh... himself. Okay, I don't know. We'll have to go back and watch that we'll one. Have to look, that's fine. Yeah. So the movie opens up where we're watching this young boy. He's seven years old. We actually introduced to him as Ben Wainwright. Uh, sorry, Ben Reitman, I should say. And he's Reitman, just moved yeah. to yeah, he's just moved to Boston with his mum after his parents have divorced. And of course, you know, being the fact that he's in a new city and he doesn't really know what's going on or you know what's happening, he's he's just he's very discombobulated. And so he's he, the only child of a single mother. Yeah, so his uncle, Uncle Carl, decides to take him to the to Boston to see a Red Sox game. Okay, his mother asked her brother, Uncle Carl, to just get him out of the house for the day. Oh yeah, I don't care right. what you do, we, just, just get, get him, out, him of out of the house. Yeah. So and he, he puts. So she, he's like, oh, not being much of a kid person, he didn't know what to do. So his uncle Ben took him to go see the Red Sox. Yeah. And there's this great moment in because he buys him a program as they're walking back to the car after the game. And he's like, be careful, kid. They'll break your hat. (laughs) (laughs) But during that flashback to that first game that his Uncle Ben took him to, three actual former 1980 Red Sox players are play themselves are seen. Two are very recognizable star players, closer Dennis Eckersley and left fielder Jim Rice. The other is Keith McCorder, who only pitched one season in the majors and posted a 0-3 record in 24 games. Really? Yep. Okay. 
See, and and this, and just basically from that day onwards, you know, Ben just becomes a diehard Red Sox fan okay, for life. Diehard does not begin to describe his relationship. No relationship with the Sox. No, he is obsessed. He is like us with movies. He is a super fan. Yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> we are super fans. He is a universal, absolute, legendary fan. Yeah, I mean, he, he is has got everything. top of the list of super fans for yeah. the Red Sox. He's one of those guys. Okay, just to, just a very very quick divert. So my grandmother, she had a friend that um, now this was in South Australia here in Adelaide. There is a team in Adelaide called Port Adelaide Magpies, right? They're a football game, football um, club. And I have to, and and their colors are blue, white, and teal. And I have no. to, and I like their their club. Colors. No, this is not this is not Port Power. This oh. is the original um, Port Adelaide Magpies, which is right, black right. and white. Okay. So this is back in the nineteen fifties. I'm going to say fifties or sixties. Okay. Anyway, this woman was such a super fan of the Port Adelaide Magpies. This is your grand. No, well, this is my grandmother's friend. Your friend, okay. Yeah. So my grandmother's friend was such an absolute super fan beyond belief that if Port Adelaide lost, her husband would not get fed that night. She <laughs> refused to cook. If Port Adelaide won, the husband knew that he had to get home early from the pub because there was going to be a smorgasbord of food on the table waiting for him. And probably a few other things. But she was an absolute super fan to say, if they lose, you are not getting fed. So fend for yourself. Okay. So Ben is Ben could be one of those people that if the Sox lost, he would become into a state of depression. And, you know, and, and I didn't even realize how long it had been since the, the Red Sox had won the World Series. Like well, when you told me that and, yep. and I looked at it, when I looked it up on Google, I'm like, oh, my God, it's just the, the drought they went through. 86 years or 83 years, was it? I think it was 1916 was the last time that she won I the think World it was Series. 1912. Was it 1912? We should have actually... <laughs> we should have looked this up before we started. Okay, okay, let's see. Um all right. So they won. Nope, it was um Okay, so the Boston Red Sox World Series. They Okay, hang on. I think it was 1916. No, no, sorry. Um When did they win? Okay, hang on. Let me go to. Oh, no. 1918. Yeah, 1918. Against the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. And, and... then they didn't win until 2005. Yeah. 2004. Four, sorry. 2004. Yeah, 2004. Um... And then again in 2013 or 2007, 2013, and 2018. Yeah. But yeah, it, so basically that 1918 one was the year that Babe Ruth got sold to the Yankees to finance a Broadway production of No, No, Nanette. I don't know how you could do that. And it basically caused what they called the curse of the Bambino. Um, Ray Babe Ruth being known as the great Bambino. And it put a, a, a however many 86 year curse on <laughs> the Red Sox. Where they, where they were just unable to win the series. I'm absolutely staggered about they 1918. That is just, I mean, when, when his, his uncle says, you know, be careful, they'll break your heart. And, and I say, 
And when I say heart, this that's the way that we talk, heart. Well, because there were so, so many times that they got so close and just, and with is they call it grip, where the, it looks like they could actually win the game and then they just choke and lose it. They grip and they lose it. The and they've done Re that so many, I've watched them do that so many times. Well, the Boston Red Sox have won seven in a row this time, at, like this year. Well, either way, the Yankees have won more than anybody in, in the Yeah, no, no, I'm saying in the current World Series right now, the, the, the Red Sox are actually ahead of the Yankees. Excuse me. We're only like two weeks into the season. Well, I think that's what they were saying. Because I, I, I don't I care. Do you know how early it is in the season right now? Okay. Opening day was like last month. We've still well, got like six months ahead of us. Okay. Well, I didn't. Okay. So, yeah. Right. So, the, okay. So, they're. Okay, so right now the Red Sox just won against the Phillies, um, twenty-one to fourteen. Okay, people don't care; they want to hear about the movie. I know, I understand but that. But that being said, I just want to point out because mm -hmm. I thought this was actually kind of fun. Jimmy Fallon is actually a New York Yankees fan, born and raised in the state of New York, and his character actually misses a Red Sox Yankees game to attend his girlfriend's birthday party, but. It, he was awarded honorary membership by the Red Sox Nation, the collective name for Red Sox fans, colloquial before 2004, but formalized since, since following the film's release, because he did such a beautiful job in this movie. Even though he's a, a Red a Yankees fan, he was made an honorary member of the Red Sox Nation. Nice. Yeah. I thought oh, and, and I just do, do want to say, because I'm sure there are people screaming at the podcast now going, you're an idiot. Uh -huh. And I am because I didn't actually read it closely. Okay. Um, They've just finished a game against the Phillies and the Boston Red Sox won seven to four, okay. not 12 to 14, whatever it is that I said. So I do apologize. I'm an idiot. I'm still not completely schooled. <laughs> That's okay. In... You're just right. Let's get back to it. Hun. So, yeah. So now we see that 23 years later, Ben is now, he still lives in Boston and he's working as a school teacher and he's inherited his uncle's season tickets, which I said to you, because he he's... Because what you see is like Ben has is waiting and waiting, waiting for FedEx to come through with a parcel or with, with like an a, a, a an envelope, and he is absolutely over the moon. And I didn't realize that they actually come out in sheets of season tickets. Anything in Australia with like season tickets, you basically just get one ticket with like all the games that you're going to be going to, and it's almost like a credit card size thing. You go there and they just scan it, and every time they scan it, that comes one one thing off the list i didn't realize they come in sheets of actual tickets. no you because you can actually give or sell the tickets to other people yeah i didn't realize you could yeah. do that so ben is getting so excited about the fact that these tickets are coming that he decides to take the day off of school because obviously he's a school teacher but he calls out sick and he's got his other friends coming over including one of his friends who happens to be an anesthesiologist and he comes in and he goes are they here yet and he goes like well they've just arrived and he goes good because and he, they're like well what about your patient? Yeah, yeah, they're fine. I've I've got someone to cover for me, and they undo the Ben undoes the the envelope and pulls out these sheets of tickets. Now, okay, so how many how many tickets are on one sheet? It's like A four. It's actually that's bigger than A four. There's about there's just over three hundred games for the season. So there, so he's able to get those sheets and actually divide them up into where his friends want to where yeah. they want to go. So yeah. this this then comes the next issue is that Ben then has to sit down with his friends and decide who wants to go where. 
So obviously it's not all at Fenway Park, it's all over the country. So they've got to figure out yeah. who wants to travel to New York, who wants to travel to certain other places California, in the country. Toronto. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of money and traveling time. I know that at one stage Ben says that he's going to be going down when he meets um Leslie, which happens to be Drew Barrymore's character, that he goes down to Florida for and he and spring she training. says she says oh so is that like spring break aren't you a little bit too old for that and he's like no no it's spring training I'm going down there and she's like but isn't that like a practice game and he goes yeah so you know he takes time off of of school to literally yeah, he go takes down a week off of work to go to watch yeah. spring training which I mean I guess when you've got a passion like Ben does I mean that's that's a great idea but there's a lot of people and there are diehard fans of any sport all over the world that do do the same thing even here in south australia you've got people that literally if they if the adelaide crows are playing in sydney or melbourne or wherever they're playing they'll get in the car and they'll drive eight hours to go and see them in another state of australia so i understand there are super fans i've never been I, funny enough i've never been a super fan of any sports team i really haven't i i you know i've I don't really love the Adelaide Crows because they just have broken my heart too many times. But you know, I'm not. A, I suppose I'm, they were good practice for for deciding to be a Red Sox fan. Yeah, I yeah, I, I thoroughly agree with you. <laughs> I heard that, by the way. I you were um, so you know, and of course, all of all the passions that he's got, they all bear the Red Lock, the Red Sox logo, except for his toilet paper, which unfortunately as is... has the Yankee logo. <laughs> I actually once bought a friend of mine that my favorite team is the New York Yankees and anybody else who beats the crap out of the Red Sox. Yeah, well, see, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I, I love, okay, I love any, I love the, okay, anyone that plays against the Yankees, I'll go for the Yankees. Anybody that plays against the Red Sox, I'll go for the Red Sox. But if Traitor. the Yankees and the Red Sox play against each other, it has to be the Boston Red Sox. Traitor. Because I lived in Boston. I No, you didn't. You lived in Western Massachusetts. That's two hours from Boston. But there's still mad Boston fans it out there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I think matter. it does, everyone. It does not. Because everyone, hello when, at we, home okay, class when Paul and I me. decided to get married, he says to me, okay, if you're going to marry me, that means in the auto racing, you have to go for Ford. And in the Australian rules football, you have to go for the Adelaide Crows. And I'm like, fine. But in that case, it, it, when it comes to baseball, you have to go for the Yankees. And he's like, okay. And he went out and bought a hat. And now he's decided that he will go for the Red Sox because he lived somewhere sort of kind of by Boston. Are you <laughs> quite finished, madam? <laughs> Did you not follow Eddie Betts when he left the Adelaide Crows to go to Carlton? I left the Adelaide Crows long before Eddie Betts left for Carlton. Believe me, I, I, I've i left the Adelaide Crows a long time ago. But, if you but, wanna... the, but Eddie Betts made me happy to, to have followed. <laughs> <laughs> I love went, Eddie Betts. I love Eddie Betts far more than I will ever love the Crows. Yeah, well, that's fine. I don't love the Crows. <laughs> Funny enough, before I actually started to like the Crows, I was actually a Sydney Swans fan, and my father beat that out of me. <laughs> my father's like, "Why are you going for the Sydney Swans when you actually live in, in South Australia?" And I'm like, "Because I love the Swans." And he's like, "Well, that doesn't make any sense." And at one stage, we went to the Adelaide Crows game in Adelaide, and they were playing the Swans, and I was sitting in a whole group of Adelaide Crows fans and barracking for the Swans. I was lucky I got out of there alive. Yeah, I actually went to Fenway Park to watch them play the Yankees. Yankees won, thank you very much. And we, we I, had a bad night. The guy sitting next to me made his wife change places with me because I was a very vocal Yankees fan. And I think the only reason I did get out of there alive was because of my gender. See, one thing that I never understood. Now, I didn't understand when I went to America, I went to America on a holiday in 2009 with my then ex wife, which we won't get into. 
But I had no idea about the rivalry between Boston and New York. Yeah, so, it is the rivalry in baseball. Yeah. So at one stage, I went into New York. And what do you do as a, as a tourist? You buy everything you possibly can. And I bought this beautiful Yankees jacket. Absolutely gorgeous. I wish I had still had it. Yeah, and me it, too. It was, it was absolutely gorgeous. And it had the Yankees logo across the back of it. And um, so I went into Boston this day to, to actually with my ex-wife to go and meet, meet her father for dinner. And I went in there with a Yankees jacket. Now, after dinner, we were walking out of the restaurant and the 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 person that seats you, it was a gentleman that was seated. Maitre The maitre d', thank you. I was walking towards the front door and he said to me, good luck. In that, in that. Oh, this word, was in word. Boston. This was in Boston. Yeah. Good luck. And I walked out and I, and my then father-in-law looked at me and I said, oh, I just, that guy said something really, really strange. And he's like, what did he say? And I said, he said, I said to him, well, he said to me, good luck. And he said, do you blame him? I'm like, blame him? What? What am, what am I doing wrong? And he goes, do you see what jacket you're wearing? You, you better you better take that off. Okay. Now, I would like to point out, and this yeah. is legit true. Yeah. At a game, Yankees fans are a bit on the obnoxious side and were really loud. Okay. At the games. Yeah. All right. Okay. Red Sox fans. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're at the game or anywhere else. They are rude. They are crude and they are just horrible. Okay. Really? Yes. They're awful people. What? Okay. Because I, because they think that because they cheer for the Red Sox, they're better than everybody else. And they're mean about it. They're right down mean about it. It's like, I went to a Red Sox. You realize Sox- that New York listens to us, don't you? What's that? You do realize that New York listens to us, don't you? Well, New York's awesome. Okay. It's Boston that's shit. <laughs> I hope Massachusetts doesn't listen to us. I hope they do, <laughs> because they need to know how the rest of the world sees them. So, so this is the end of Home Class Movie Chat. I would like so, to thank you. <laughs> can I please finish my story for once? Yes. So I was at a, I, I, I got tickets, just before I moved to Australia, I got tickets from work to a Red Sox, White Sox, Chicago White Sox game at Fenway Park. Okay. And I took my rent-a-husband, who was my best friend's boyfriend at the time, <laughs> and he and I were really good friends, and she hates sports, so she so she would lend me her boyfriend who loved going and, and was absolutely tickled to go anywhere that I got tickets to. And a couple of and, and another friend and a buddy of his came along. So the four of us met up and went to the game and I, we were walking through the stadium. And again, it's a Red Sox, Chicago White Sox game. OK, yep. nothing Yankee anywhere near anything about this game. Okay. OK, I'm walking through the thing. We're on our way to our seats and there's a bunch of guys there chanting. As people are going by, Yankees suck! Yankees suck! Yankees suck! But the Yankees weren't playing. That's Red Sox fans. So why were they? Because they're assholes. That doesn't make any sense. Because they're jerks. That'd be like me going to a Collingwood Sydney uh, uh, game and someone chanting the Adelaide Crows suck. They're not even playing. That's because okay. Red Sox fans are idiots. That doesn't make any sense. This is why I keep Ugh. telling you, you don't want to go for the Red Sox because you don't want to be associated with those people. But I let's get I, back to the movie. I think they had a stroke. <laughs> let's get back to the movie. Come on, come in, come in. 
Bring it back before everybody stops listening. No, no, they're, they're actually enjoying this. They're just, just trying to understand that whole thing. So now we see that um, Ben decides to take uh, his school, like, like a school It's trip. a group of students. Yeah. He's the math teacher yeah. in a middle school. So he's teaching like 12 to 14, you know, 11 to 14 year olds. But the, who uh, are very gifted. Who, and, and he, but he teaches in this school. Yeah. And he has some students, a handful of students, like five or six, that are real standouts and very yeah. gifted. So every year he takes them on a field trip to visit someone who uses math in their daily life and work. Yeah. And that happens to be Lindsay Meeks, which is Drew Barrymore's character. Yes. And um, it's very successful. And, and I a- love how she's like, do you ever notice how numbers do, you know, this, that, and the other? And one of the kids is like, oh, it's like she knows my secret shame. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and she's like, well, let me tell you, welcome to the temple of numbers. The <laughs> and it's just, it, and, and I love how she relates to these kids. Yeah. And, and I, and I, and I almost wish there was a slightly more in this about making math fun and using it in the real world because it could actually inspire some kids to give it a second thought, especially girls. Yeah. And it's really interesting because she's a very dedicated corporate executive, but she's waiting for, she's hoping to get a um, a promotion and she is working her ass off to get this promotion, but on the way out with the kids and, you know, he's walking out there with them and, you know, they were all saying that, man, she is just amazing. And, and of course, Ben goes, well, you know, I could certainly date her. And they're like, you, she is batting way out of your league. You way out of your league. But she was checking out your package, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, really? What? <laughs> Did you just say to me? <laughs> so when he, he goes back into the, he goes back to see Lindsay and says, you know, is there any chance that we could possibly, you know, go out for a meal, whatever, or go out for coffee or whatever. And and Lindsay sort of is is very taken aback by him. And it's like, hey, you know, this would, I, I could do that. That'd be fine. And as we go along, they start to, they, they begin dating. You know, they start to see each other. Of course, Lindsay doesn't know a lot about baseball or the Red Sox, but of course she does learn the curse of the, the of the Bambino from Ben's stadium friends. Now we also see that, um, We've got the 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 tickets that are being um, delivered on the day of. Obviously, he's going to get his, his season tickets, and so Ben takes the day off of work to wait at home for these tickets to arrive, which they do, and he finds that there's the opening game at Fenway Park, and this is in this scene we see that Ben is having a bit of a cookout. I don't know if you can have a cookout in the middle of uh, Boston Common like he's doing with a little barbecue, because that's where they so. are. Yeah, I don't he, think so. They're, they're, they're in Boston Common. I I've don't walked... recall there being anything like that there, and I don't think they'd allow you to bring your own in. Yeah, because this is a port. This is a portable barbecue that you'd actually have to bring in yourself to Boston yeah. Common. And I've been to Boston Common. I've never seen it anyway. Um, but we do see that he's having a bit of cookout with Lindsay, and he's trying to explain to Lindsay that, you know, I'm I'm a I'm I'm a fan. Now, when he was getting the tickets delivered and they were opening them together, you left out one of the more hilarious parts of the film. Did I? Okay. Yes, you did because he is he has these tickets and there's the one of the Yankees Red Sox games the guys are really fighting over and they're like well you went to three of them last year and I didn't get to go to any and da, 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 da. so uh, Ben says oh you need to dance for it so That's he has right. all four of them dancing their little <laughs> hearts out looking like <laughs> idiots when Lindsay walks in and she's like what the heck. 
I'm, I was like, and I'll we deciding who gets to go to the Yankees game. Did I say you could stop dancing? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's then we see that they're now at the at, at the uh, Boston Common having uh, this yes. cookout, and now we see that he's trying to explain to Lindsay. Well, you know, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, and she goes, "Well, yeah, I've been to your apartment," and we find out exactly what how big a super fan he really is. The thing is, uh, I am a Red Sox fan. Yeah? No, I'm, I'm like a big, big Red Sox fan. I know. I mean, I've been to your apartment, seen the Red Sox dish towels and glasses and the Yankee toilet paper. It's like you live in a gift shop. It's worse. See, when I was a kid, I moved here from New Jersey. I didn't have any friends or anything. So my Uncle Carl started taking me to Fenway Park. I just, I got lost in the game. I mean, the ballpark, and the people, the color, the sounds, the smells. And then he got cancer and he died and he left me season tickets. And it's a passion. I mean, it's a very, very big part of my life. And it's been a problem with me and women. Ah, ah, I know those women. The pay attention to me and why aren't you talking to me? Yeah, exactly. God, those women are so pathetic. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, why are you getting so worked up for? I mean, you're not even doing it, you're watching it. Yeah. It's like, hey, how about, sometimes I, I like to be 11 years old. Yeah. I, I like being part of something that's bigger than me, than I. It's good for your soul to invest in something you can't control. You're a romantic. Hmm? You have a lyrical soul. You can love under the best and worst conditions. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> hey, uh... You took a really big chance inviting me to meet your family. Now I'm going to take a chance. A big one. Will you go to opening day with me? So I just love her back and forth, like you know, yes, I've been to your apartment. It, it's like you're living in in this like a department store. It's it's really, I mean, yeah, in he, the souvenir shop, even in, in a gift <laughs> shop. Yeah, he is just over the top. But you know that 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 speaks volumes to people who are passionate about stuff. If someone walks into my room right now where I'm recording and looks around here, there is kiss everywhere. Yeah, you know. it's it's an understatement. I I love it when our my friends come to visit and I show that room to them and I have to pick their job off the floor. Yeah, it's it, but it's a passion of uh, it's a passion of mine. So people that have got like you know with him that's got red socks everywhere. You know from bathrobes to, to to bath towels to you know the in in the bathroom where you the shower curtains got red socks. You know it's he's it's it's everywhere. So there's really no. You know, there's no limit to how big a super fan you can be. You don't have to limit yourself to just, oh, well, I need just need to have this or just a t-shirt or a hat or a jacket or whatever. And, it's, well, he's he's got the bedding, the um alarm oh, the clock, the bedside table light, posters everywhere, books everywhere, signed things. I mean, there's just I don't think there's one bit of Red Sox merchandise that he doesn't have. Yeah. 
Yeah, but he's, he's I also love it that before we get into all of that, you see her like at the gym or hanging out with her girlfriends. And they're like, you should really give this guy a shot because he's not like the normal guys that you date, because normally you date you. Yes. High power, high energy, no time, all of this. And they're like, this is a guy who's sweet and gentle and smart and funny and really into you and wants to make time for you. Yeah. Now, that being said, talking about her friends, it was a nice surprise to see Ioni Sky. Yes, I haven't seen her for ages. And there is a woman by the name of Katie Strickland who plays her friend Robin. And she yep. is um one of the one of one of the girlfriends. And she's really oops, let me just do my what I was just looking for. Um one of one of her friends and there it turns out they're a little bit competitive with each other but i absolutely loved her in the show private practice which was a takeoff from um gray's anatomy oh okay yeah i she yeah at first you absolutely loved to hate her but then she actually became one of my favorite characters in private practice but drew barrymore and ioni ioni sky worked together once before 13 years earlier in a film called gun crazy in 1992 Funny enough, I have seen trailer that I've I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the trailer to that one. I got more I got more to know Ioni Sky when she did um say anything. Yeah. Or um the Rachel Papers when that was released. Now there there was the scene when Ben was walking to his shower in his Red Sox memor memorabilia strewn bedroom. Mm -hmm. He lovingly touches a Sports Illustrated magazine cover showing Red Sox outfielder Tony Conigliaro. On August 18th, 1968, Jack Hamilton of the California Angels hit Conigliaro. Those of the Italian nameage, I apologize, I'm picturing <laughs> that. But he hit him in the left eye, causing an orbital fracture that would eventually end his career. And the picture on the front of the magazine shows the massive black eye and bruising. Yeah. Because he walks and, past and he kisses, he kisses his fingers, then touches the, yep, the picture, yep. yeah. And then in another Farrelly Brothers movie, something about Mary, which is very funny, by the it way. It is. I've seen it. Ted attempts to give Mary's brother Warren a baseball autographed by Tony Conigliaro. Nice. Okay. But no, I, I do, I do like the fact that you I'm know. I'm beginning to feel like that baseball announcer who's like, and three years ago he hit 12 home <laughs> Well, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> you're doing very very well i must admit i i do i do like this one and as i said this movie has become you know in my top 10 of uh of fun movies to watch yeah i just i just adore this movie it yeah we so we fun. don't actually have this as a, a i have to check i have to check if we don't I want if to not we have to buy it because yeah. this is really a fun movie so of course we do see that um now one thing i will say is that now, okay, I am a man, I understand, and I do like the female appendages very, very much. I'm all okay. for it, and I would definitely sal salute a nice pair or any pair going past me. Excuse me. However, what I will say is when you are filming a scene with girls on um, spin cycles, please give the women bras or at least support bras that don't show their boobs flying all over the place. In the yeah, scene you really that need a decent bra... When you're yeah, because like Drew that. Barrymore is almost knocking herself out when she's on her spin cycle bike. Yeah, I mean, so is, so is you, one of her yeah, friends. I mean, you are trying to look directly at Drew Barrymore's face, but your 
you you keep looking down towards the motion is attracting you to her boobs. It really does. I mean, it, someone should have said there and gone, okay, we'll do this first take. Yep, that's not going to work because your boobs are everywhere. Let's get you a support bra or an exercise bra or something to keep them stable because this is all over the place. I mean, I'm I and I'm not you know saying I don't like it. I love it. Uh, God bless. But you really need to think to yourself as a filmmaker, look at your actresses and see how they are moving because women have things that move on top of them. You know, it's like you know, but it's very interesting now that we see that Leslie is starting that she decides to start going together to, to games. And I do like how you know, in the scene we were just talking about where Ben is trying to explain to her just how big a you know, Red Sox fan he is. I don't know how long, I mean, they've been dating for a while and he goes down on one knee with an engagement with, with, a, ring, with a ring box. And, uh, you know, this is when, and we, we just heard the sound grab, which is that when, you know, he goes down on one knee, you, first, you think to yourself, whoa, that's a bit too early, mate, you know. But when he opens it up, you see that there is a ticket in there to say, you know, would you come to the opening game of the Red Sox? So that's really, really nice. So she starts to go to games together. But, of course, the, the, there's some tensions that start arising because Lin, Lindsay, who's up for promotion, begins working on her laptop at, at, at during games. And, of course, I love how... You know, a lot of his friends, they're sitting there going, oh, she's on the laptop again. She's not paying attention. She's just, she's just, I mean. She, she brought her laptop to the game. Yeah. Now, before she brings the laptop the, to the game, I like how she goes and gets a book about all the um, the history of the Red Sox because she wants to study up on it. She wants to give, you know, make sure that she's understanding what's going on with this team. Now, I'd actually like to point out because one of the beautiful things about this is they talk about the the summer family. Yeah. That these are all people who have lifetime season tickets that have been handed down. Yeah. And have been around. And so they, you know, them and their families have been around for ages. And, you know, actually, no, she didn't bring it to opening day, but subsequent no. game, she did bring the laptop. The laptop, yeah. But at the uh, at the first time, that's when we start to meet some of his other family, including the guy that he met the very first day that his uncle took him there when he was a kid. But that's there's right. a, a woman named Teresa, by, played by Jessamy Finette, who is an actual diehard Red Sox fan and appeared in this uh, documentary called We Still Believe, the Boston Red Sox movie in 2004, a documentary about the Red Sox heartbreaking 2003 season where they came so close to breaking the curse, but it just didn't happen. Okay. Jimmy Fallon saw the film and convinced producers to cast her for the role of Teresa. Now, continuing on from that, Aaron Nanstad and Dan Cummings are actual diehard Red Sox fans who did appear in the We Still Believe, the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox movie. And Dan appears in Fever Pitch as a Fenway Park vendor in the 1980s and Aaron as a fan. Really? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so they incorporated these, these people who have been following them for decades. Oh, okay. Yep. But no, but I, I do. And this is one of the things that I, I like about Lindsay is that she comes to, she comes prepared to try and, I mean, she's got the, the book of the Red Sox and she, the history of the Red Sox. And she's, you know, saying about, okay, the curse of the Bambino. And, and they're and, like, shh. Yeah. Don't say and, it aloud or you invoke it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, you know, but, you know, she's trying to really 
get into the the group of people you know and and i and i do find this really nice but the one thing that absolutely made me what well i was just gonna say it's it's nice that you know because he's been trying to take an interest in everything that she's doing and her friends and her family and she's not just doing that but she's genuinely trying to take an interest in what he is passionate about yeah and i like how when she's she's talking about parts of the red sox you know, she mispronounces some something, and one Carl of Carl Yastrzemski. That's right, and and they all say the the name correctly. Car- Carl Yastrzemski. Yeah, and I like it how one of the girls goes, oh, "This one's not a thinker, is is it?" <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, this is this is maybe not the, the the smartest person out there." But you know, one thing that absolutely made me lose my shit and i absolutely giggled my ass off and well, i'm before you yeah. say that i'm just gonna say yeah when it comes to them going oh she's not much of a thinker is she that it's all relative like if you look at the big bang theory these guys are geniuses but socially they're idiots yeah it's yeah. the same concept yeah. you know she's brilliant in other areas not so much with the baseball i mean it would be really nice if like you know i mean i i look at these movies and see you know people who are passionate about going to games every single week without fail and you get to know and and the same thing happened to, to my mother and father and ourselves when you know in the early days the Adelaide there was no Adelaide Crows there was just the South Australian National Football League which is the minor league teams yeah. but back then when I was growing when I was growing up through the 80s the minor league teams were the major league teams in South Australia but we were going for um and I still go for the Glenelg Tigers um, but we were going to the, their, their home ground, which is the Glenelg Oval. And in the grandstand, there was about three or four ladies that we knew. And so we got to know know them. We got to know their, their husbands and stuff. So we would go there and we would know everybody. So everyone would know that we would always, when we would go there, we would all sit together. So that was basically like our little group of people that we would know. So I do appreciate these people are all diehard fans. They're sitting there all in one. They become like a family. They know that after every season, that's it. We'll see you next year. They don't associate yep. with each other outside of that because they just go there just for the games and that's it, you know? Yep. And then the, uh, b- before we leave the opening day to go on to other games, yeah, I just, I have a fun little piece of trivia for you there. Okay. The opening day sequence was filmed on the 4th of September, 2004. And Stephen King did throw out the first pitch, which was terrible. Okay, the Red Sox lost that game, ending a 10-game winning streak, and he was blamed for it in the Boston Globe. Oh, my God. Seriously? Yep. (laughs) And, of course, Drew Barrymore has starred in films based on Stephen King's books, including Firestarter in 1984, Cat's Eye in 1985. King is also, Stephen King is also an avid Red Sox fan who co-authored a book called Faithful after the 2004 season with Stuart Onan, himself an author and Red Sox fan, chronicling that uh, World Series winning season through their interactions. Yeah, because when you see um, him come out onto the mound, Oh my God, he does not throw it very well at all. No, but he's not a baseball player. And it's not like they let him really warm up a whole heck of a lot either. But while they were filming in Toronto, Canada, Drew Barrymore was asked to throw out the first pitch of the game and it barely made it to the plate. And apparently she was extremely embarrassed. It barely made it. It barely made it to the plate. But if you've ever been in a pro stadium, it is a really long way from the pitcher's mound to home plate. So it's further. It's like eighty feet. So it's further than when when Howard threw the ball to Bernadette. 
yes. Yeah. In well, no, actually, they measured it out, so it should be about that. So, yeah, something like sixty or eighty feet. Yeah, it's yeah, see, not a small distance. See, the only the only baseball that I've ever gone to see is the Adelaide ones that we've actually gone to, and even you said, "Wow, this is a small field and this is a small pitch." Well, the first time we went, they were playing over in Nor at the Norwood Oval. Yeah. And now they have their own stadium down at West Lakes, but it's still the equivalent of a very minor. It's it's it's. It, this honestly, is a minor, minor baseball team. It's honestly almost like a high school team. I yeah. mean, the players are essentially minor league players, like they would be at the farm leagues to to be brought up to the majors to yeah. to prepare them for the majors. That's the level at which they're playing. But you walk into these, especially the first one over at Norwood, it was just like, oh, isn't it cute? It's like a little high school field. Yeah, and see a you lot know, of it. I've just I love the Adelaide baseball team. They were the bite. Now they're the Giants. But it'll just never be real baseball for me. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing about it is that, that a lot of the scouts that you would actually be hoping for to come and maybe scout you into the majors in America, they don't come. <clears throat> no, what they do is they come here during the American winter to keep because it's warmer here and we're in summer. So they come and play in places like Australia to keep their skills up so that when they go back for the actual season in America, they haven't, you know, been sitting around for six yeah. months. But no, I'm, I'm thinking like the scouts, like from the Red Sox or the Yankees, big scouts would not come here to Australia. No, to they would these... just wait for them to come back to the States and see them there in the minor yeah, league teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we, they're, they're not really scouted. So of course, as we go watching the... So, so going... you were going to talk about the thing that makes you... That you can't stop laughing. We are at right now. Yeah, I love So it. Leslie is on her laptop, and she's been going to a, a lot of games, but she's trying to get this promotion. So she goes, she's, on so it's for, she's like, I have to leave at noon to get here. And then, you know, and she's like, so I've got to get some work done. Yeah. So Liz, Leslie is on her. <laughs> I, got, I, can't, I can't stop laughing because you can see. You, I just, you can just see it. I, and I watched, the, I watched this scene just a little minute ago. So Do you want Liz, me to tell it? No, no, Leslie is on her laptop. <laughs> no, you want tell me to it. tell this? Yeah, you tell this one. I can't okay, so face. Lindsay is on her laptop. She's working away. The game is going. And I believe it was Miguel Tejada of the Orioles hits it into the stands. It was a line drive foul. Right on the head. <laughs> And she immediately <laughs> just slumps down and knocks her out cold. Oh Somebody in the row in front of her grabs her laptop. So that doesn't drop. Thank heavens. And <laughs> she's out cold. The guy next to her grabs the ball. So he's jumping up and down screaming. Her, her boyfriend, Ben, turns around, sees the guy with the ball. And he's like, yay. And then he looks at Lindsay, and he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> But the best part about it is that before this happened, Leslie Ben says, "Leslie, do you want a want a, a hot dog?" And she goes, "Yeah, no thanks." So he turns to get the hot dog. She's oh, that's right. That's why head. he wasn't watching. Yeah, yeah. She's whacked in the head, and she just slumps down. He comes back with the hot dog. Doesn't see Leslie, but sees the guy holding the ball and's like, "Yeah, it's awesome." But so, and, and high fives the guy, and then realizes <laughs> that Leslie's out cold. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my "The guy God. who got the ball should have given it to Leslie." Oh. I I have just I've watched that scene so many times and the 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 expression that Drew Barrymore plays the way that she does when she's hit in the head is just absolutely awesome. Now I mean it is yeah. so much oh, oh yeah I mean Paul wanted me to go back and replay that scene. Oh god, time. she is so funny. So right before the scene where Lindsay gets hit with the ball, the legend on the screen says it's July. 
The ball Miguel Tejada of the Orioles hits into the stands, which hits Lindsay, is thrown by Mike Myers of the Red Sox. Pitched by Mike Myers of the Red Sox. Yeah. Mike Myers wasn't, and, and of course, I can't hear that name without thinking. Michael Myers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wasn't, but, but Mike Myers wasn't picked up by the Red Sox until August 6, 2004. Okay, so there's a bit of. Yeah, it's, a, it's an oopsies. Some discrepancies there. No, oh, okay. Um, so when we see that Leslie is back at her apartment. Oh, she before, has... before we oh, yeah. do that, when we were yeah. going to the game, yeah. the first game, they were talking outside of Fenway Park. And I just want to point out that the, they had some banners hanging outside Fenway with the dates of the world champions. Oh, sorry. No, this is um, no, this is back in 1980 when he went as a kid. Yeah. Okay. The banners hanging outside Fenway Park with the dates of world championships on them were not there in 1980. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So they, they, they they filmed it outside the current stadium that had things about it that were not there 30 years ago. Right. Okay. So they should have taken them down to make it more historically accurate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's understandable. Or edited them out. Somehow. Edited them out. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, not, but you know what? Most people aren't even going to notice because you're no. focused on, on the action. And the, and the movie is that good that you, you're not paying attention to the background anyway. Yeah. And, so, and and slight little non sequitur, non sequitur trivia. Ben teaches at East Boston High School, which had served as the exterior for Winslow High School in Boston Public in 2000. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that one. Little little thing there for you. So we do see that Leslie is now trying to recover, and she has got the biggest egg on her head. She has a bump on her head the size of a softball. Yeah, it is enormous. I don't know how she... I mean, she had an MRI. Yeah, she had an MRI to, to see if she was okay. Yeah, um, because that actually could have caused brain injury and, yeah, and swelling. Now, Kat and I were talking about, yesterday we were talking about this scene in the, in, in the car, trying to work out, well, how was it that she got this sort of damage onto her head? What is it? Is it the brain that... that no, because the or? brain is encased in the, the um, bone of the skull. Yeah. So it's not going to expand outside the skull, which is why if your brain does swell, which is why they did the MRI, they yeah. would have to do like burr holes or something to relieve the pressure. Yeah. So I'm not sure what it is that, that rushes up to that point and causes that bump when yeah. it's basically skin, a little bit of muscle and bone. bone yeah. So maybe it's just a muscle injury that there's yeah, it, damage I don't there. know. And, and that maybe all the of the blood swollen. that comes to it, you know. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's massive. And she decides that, listen, maybe I better, you know, st- stop going to games. And because Ben's like, come on. And she's like, no, no, mate, you, you'll have, you'll have more fun if you go with your friends. Maybe I'll just stop because I've got to get this. I want to get this promotion. I'm losing days. You know, I, I finish work. I got to come home, got to go straight to the game. I don't get a chance to work after work. So, you know, she's really, really, you know, and she's yeah. really hyper-focused on getting this promotion. Um, but of course, she goes to, at one stage, we see that we're in school and Ben's teaching the, the class and he's really getting into it. He's, yeah, he's, he he's makes a great teacher. learning fun. He if really I does. had had a math teacher like that, I would be a lot better at math. Yeah. So now we see that Leslie goes to the school and says to, to Ben that, listen, you know, um, I've been invited to go to Paris because this is, you know, I'm trying to get this promotion and this is a, a one of the places I'm going to be, you know, talking to. And I'd like to, you know, maybe cash in my first class tickets for two, um, for coach two tickets. coach tickets. 
And it's at this scene we hear that something's going on with um, Leslie that Ben's rather nervous about, I guess the same way as Leslie would. Oh, this is going to be so great. Okay, I'm going to cash in my first class ticket and get two seats. All you have to do, Mr. Reitman, is call in sick tomorrow and we're on our way. Wait, it's tomorrow? Mm-hmm. This weekend? Yeah. It's now? Yeah, we'll fly back Sunday afternoon, but with the time change, you'll be back at work on Monday morning. Yeah, uh, I, I, I gotta be honest, this, this isn't the best weekend for me. I'm kind of swamped. Oh, no. Do you have a lot of work? It, uh, we're two games out of first with three weeks left. Seattle's coming in this weekend. I mean, this is when they need me. They need you. <laughs> Wait a second, I was just thinking about it, that's all. A tip, Ben. When your girlfriend says, let's go to Paris for the weekend, you go. All right, all right, I'll go, I'll go. You'll go? You know what, actually, I have a better idea. I think I'll take him. Hey, just slow down a second, okay? Just go and enjoy your ball game. You know, this is the second day in a row you snapped at me. I'm late. Fine, go. No, Ben. for me okay well you know i mean we're not the first people to, to you know to, just you know two people you know the deep breaths ben <clears throat> you know, why didn't you say something why so we could both freak out i mean i wanted to wait for the right moment and then when this trip came up i thought we'll go to paris and i'll tell you there because that did seem special but no, you don't see us tangled up in the sheets with the Eiffel Tower in the window. You see the Mariners are coming and Pedro's pitching Friday night. Saturday, showing the Friday. Now, I do like the the fact that, you know, there is Leslie trying to say, listen, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to be romantic here, Ben. I'd like to take you away. But the fact is that, um, oh, yeah, I've got to watch out because, you know, he's like, well, no, I can't because. Baltimore's coming. Yeah, and the red, in the red race Sox team playoffs. Yeah, and and it's like, well, I mean, I mean, look, I am as I said, I am not a super fan of any sporting team, so I don't know the passion that people have in this sort of situation. But giving up a trip to Paris, you got to be a pretty good, pretty hardcore fan to do that to give up the possibility of going to to Paris. Yeah. But as she says, you know, I wanted, you know, when he when she says I'm late, and he's like, well, go, and she's like, no, 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 I'm. I'm late and I wanted to tell you in a romantic place like Paris rather than on the steps of your high school, you know? So I do understand that, that she's trying to do, but Ben is still, he hasn't matured past being a man, a man boy. If, yeah. If he's still about 16 years old. Yeah. If it's, if it's, if that's easy to understand, he's like a man child. He's like, he just doesn't understand that there's his girlfriend throwing herself at him and going, I want to, take you away all expenses paid on a free trip to paris yeah and, he, and he's like yeah awesome but i can't because the red sox are playing around race to the pennant so it's like well like i said these, these guys are crazy yeah. i remember i was taking the bus into umass in 2004 the year that they won it yeah and 
they, you know, there's a Red Sox, there was a Red Sox fan and a Yankees fan, and they were going at it. And I just, I can't remember. No, I think I did actually say something where after about 20 minutes of this and everybody was just on the bus was just starting to be like, oh, my God, are they ever going to shut up? I finally just looked at him and I I'm like, could you two please just give it a rest? At the end of the day, it is just a game. Yeah. And they both look and then I became the common enemy. Mm-hmm. And, I, and they were just like, oh, how could you? And I said, look, I get it. It's been 80 something years. I yeah. get it. It's the Yankees. They're my team. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's not war. It's not solving famine. It's a baseball game. And that's what Leslie is trying to say. This is not yeah. the end of the world if you miss a game, Ben. It's, yeah, exactly. it, it's just it's just a game, you know, and it's the same way as like. So basically, they wanted to kill me and the rest of the bus was cheering me. But the funny thing is, it's almost like the same way that we were watching The Big Bang Theory where, you know, um, Le- uh, Leonard goes into um, Penny's apartment and she goes, and he goes, oh, how was the game? And he, she goes, oh, we won. And he goes, yeah, that's really interesting saying we won when you weren't even part of the team. You know, and the look we, she gave him. Is yeah, like, like you didn't do anything to win the game for the team. So, well, it, re- and it's like when Ben and Leslie were talking, when he was talking telling her about Lindsay. spring training, he's like, well, but they need me. Yeah. And Lindsay's like, well. So they they take your advice when you're trying to work out trades and stuff, and he's like, "Well, if they ever do, oh, we're ready they ever for ask it." Ask me, yeah. <laughs> but you know, so you know, Lin- Lindsay's trying to explain to Ben that you know this is this whole thing of you coming to Paris and just missing one game, and as she said, all you've got to do is miss work tomorrow. You'll be in Paris on Saturday. You'll be back on Sunday night to be here for Monday morning to work. So really, it's a very very short amount of trips. So all you got to do is miss one game, but no. He can't do it. So you see that she she flies away. And then, of course, we do come. She do, We do see that Leslie comes back and Ben picks her up from the airport. Very nice. And uh, in this scene, we see that she's trying to express her her concerns to Ben and saying about, you know, that she wants more of a commitment with regards to Ben. But, you know, the, with the conversation then swings around to about the possibility of, well, you know, you said you might be pregnant and now because this is when we do see before this scene is that she rings up ben and she just says that listen i'm not i'm not pregnant and it's really really nice because we see that after he gets off the phone from her he walks over to his dresser drawer and he has bought a little onesie uh, a onesie of the red Sox. yep so he was even though he is a man child he was already thinking that if she's pregnant well, we've got to dress, her, dress him dress or her in a onesie. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we see now that Lindsay has come back, and this is a conversation we have backwards and forwards about the commitment and about being pregnant. I'll get it. No, no, I got it. I got it. Thank you. Want me to check it up? No, I'm okay. I'm just going to go up the stairs. Bye. Hey, Lindsay. Uh... Did, uh... Did you want a baby? Eventually. Well, eventually you will. Well, it certainly got me thinking, that's for sure. What do you mean? Ben, if I'm with a guy for 11 months and I think I might be having his child, I'm going to ask myself, is this the guy? And if it is, what's this going to be like? You know, if we're to be Mr. and Mrs. Ben and Lindsay, how's this going to work? It's like, 
Robin's birthday party. You know, the minute I got the invitation, I had to run to the refrigerator and check the Red Sox schedule. And the Yankees are playing, so I know I'm going stag. And that's okay. I'm fine with that. But how far does it go? You know, Grandma, don't die because the Red Sox are going out on the road, so please wait until they come back to die. And doctor, induce labor because the Oakland A's are coming in tomorrow. Do you remember last winter? This is exactly what you liked about me. That I was capable of having a passionate commitment with something, a, a devotion. Yes, but you feel it for the Red Sox, and I was hoping that someday you might redirect that. All those things that you feel for that team, I feel them too, for you. I do see that Lindsay is trying to be sympathetic because as she says to him, you know, I do realize that, you know, if someone makes a, an, an appointment with you and I or, or, or makes a date with you and I to go out somewhere, she has to get off the phone with them, run to the fridge to see where the, the Yankees are playing or where the Red Sox are playing or who's coming into the town. And, and she said, and if, if I know that the Yankees are playing against the Red Sox, well, I know I'm going to go stag that night because there's no way in hell you're going to miss yeah. that that game. So, and she, and she understands she's very, very sympathetic. She is very, very understanding, but in any relationship, there needs to be a give and take. You need to give a little it's bit not to give get a bit. or take. No, it's give and take. You need to sit there and go, okay, my girlfriend is doing all this for me. There is, I, I need to give some back to it because in this way that we're looking at it, you know, Leslie's a one way street. It's all in Ben's direction. There's no traffic coming back to her. She's doing all the compromising. She's making sure that if there's a game coming up that she's gonna she has to miss uh you know work or she knows that he's that he's gonna be not coming there because he, she's he's gonna be at the game. So Leslie is so Lindsay is really trying to be understanding with the situation, but it's it's becoming very, very hard for her. And so this is where Ben he decides to prove that he's not obsessed with missing a game. Even though it's against the Yankees, he escorts Lindsay to her friend's birthday party, which is a theme night of like the 1930s. Really, really quite. 20s, it's a, it's 20s a great Gatsby theme. Thank you. Which and, honestly would be an awesome party. And they really do. They enjoy the party and they get into a little bit of, you know, the lovemaking and all that sort of stuff. And Ben does say that it was one of the best nights of his life. And Unfortunately, then his friend calls. His friend calls, Troy calls, and tells him. Now, when they were leaving the the um the party, the Red Sox were down against the Yankees, se- uh, seven to five, I think it was, or or seven to four, something okay. like that. But the Red Sox were way ahead in the game, and it was like there was no way in hell that the Yankees were uh, the the Red Sox were going to come back. So it's like oh. And Ben was standing there where the parking attendant was, and we got the 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 radio on, and he's like, "Oh, okay." So he's trying to be very very cool about the fact that okay, I've missed a game, the Red Sox are going to lose. Well, it's the thing I game. loved is that we were out with her parents earlier, and somebody t- at the next table was talking about it, and he was eating lobster. Oh, His hands were God, all such yeah. a mess, and he heard them talking about the game, and he starts going la 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 help me la 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 la. Help me. Uh, And she stands up, puts her hands over her ears until the guy stops talking. And her parents are like, what What the the heck? heck? 
And she's like, oh, well, he tapes the game and doesn't want to hear anything so he can watch it when he gets home. Yeah, which is good. He had lobster hands. I had to plug his ears. Yeah. So we do see that, you know, um, there's a good chance that the Red Sox are going to lose against the Yankees. So it doesn't really matter. They go home. They're very amorous. They make love, whatever. And then, of course, this is when moments later, his friend Troy calls to tell him. That he has missed the best game in history. The Sox overcame a seven-run deficit in the bottom of the ninth to pull off one of the greatest comebacks in the team history. And this sends Ben into an absolute irate mess about and missing the game. And he comes the, out the and, and she's very happily making a frittata. And yeah. he's like, and she, he's like, this is the worst night of my life. And she's like, well, two minutes ago was the best night of my life. You're yeah. like, he's like, yeah, well, two minutes ago it was because I didn't know this and I missed the game of the century. Yeah. And this is when she looks at him and she basically says, well, and she said, he starts blaming Lindsay uh, for making him miss the game. Mm-hmm. And, this, and she is absolutely heartbroken because she thought that they were on now an even keel of like, wow, that they were finding some balance in their yeah, relationship. You've matured, you're growing up, you're actually understanding that life is just not all about the Red Sox. It's it's about trying to be connecting as a couple. And now all of a sudden, guess what? I'm being yeah. kicked in the face. Now, is... I'd like to point out that the 2004, now, and this really is a big deal. Okay. Okay. The 2004 Red Sox beating the Yankees in the American League Championship Series and then sweeping the Cardinals in the World Series marks the first time a team had won eight consecutive games in a single postseason. It also marked the first time in Major League Baseball history and as of the end of 2019, still the only time with the four other teams accomplishing that feat, all being National League hockey. Oh, okay. That that a team has won a best of seven series after trailing three to zero. Beforehand, no team facing that deficit ever had a forced game seven. Okay. So it was, you know, honestly, it was a big deal. I understand his anger and frustration. It's not fair that he took it out on Lindsay. Yeah. But I do get it. Yeah. And and it's very, it's very upsetting that he did blame Lindsay because the thing is that, you know, he had already said to, to her that, okay, I am going to be mature. I'm going to miss this game. It's against the Yankees, but I'm going to miss it. But as he says to her, you know, I've never missed a game. Yeah. And he says, you know, I've been passionate about this team for 30 years. Since I was 10. Yeah. And he, and he goes, you know, you name something that you've been passionate about for that long. And she's like, nothing, because I grew up. Yeah. And and this is so this is where that they basically separate, unfortunately. So but unfortunately, as we go along, Ben soon misses Lindsay and visits her in a futile attempt to reconcile. And unfortunately, to prove that she means more to him than the Red Sox, he plans to sell his season tickets. This uh, is a big no, deal. Before that, don't we have the guys come in and and rescue him from his apartment? Uh, no. Th- well, that's... When he's been sitting there rewatching been, this one yeah, part of a game? Yeah, he does. He decides okay. to start closing so himself So after off. he and yeah. Lindsay break up, he goes into a very deep, dark, horrible depression. Depression. <laughs> And he chooses to watch game six of the 1986 World Series between the Red Sox and the Mets at Shea Stadium as a form of self-torture and atonement, since it is one of the most infamous losses in Red Sox history. The Red Sox led the series three to two, had a two run. This is what I'm telling you about the Red Sox gripping. They are famous for this. 
Okay. They led the series three to two, had a two run lead in the 10th inning. There's only nine innings in a game. They're in overtime at this point. Okay. Yep. A two run lead in the 10th inning had the Mets down to their last strike before the Mets scored three runs capped off by Bill Buckner, misfielding Mookie Wilson's ground ball at first base and allowing Ray Knight to score the winning run. This is what the Red Sox are famous for. Oh, my God. Oh this boy. is what they do. Okay. <laughs> Would you stop throwing the Red Sox at me as if I'm I'm in some sort of AA meeting right now? No. <laughs> Absolutely not, because you deserve it. Oh, my God. I'm still sleeping in the bed. Um, you sure about that? Yes. <laughs> but there was also that moment when there had been kind of a heartbreaking loss that day, and the guys are in the bar and uh, see three of the Red Sox uh, players having dinner, and one of them mentions that Ted Williams would roll over in his freezer if he saw this, if he saw yeah. them just out there enjoying themselves. Yeah, even though they've lost the game. And it's really and, interesting. Uh, that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Fever Pitch was released in 2005, three years after Ted Williams' death. Oh, okay. Didn't know that one. But the, one of the things that I find very hilarious about the scene we were just talking about with uh, Ben being in a deep state of depression, that the guys come in and we've got, you know, he's got the the uh, movie or the, the game He's going. got the, the game filmed on a VHS tape. Yeah. And one of his buddies comes over and he pops it out of the machine. He's like, where did you get this? Where did you get this? We took them all. Where yeah. are you hiding it? Yeah. And he's like, okay, do you have any, any, any more of your stash? Where, yeah, where's exactly. Your stash? It's like, where's the other bottles of alcohol? Yeah. And he, <laughs> and of course, Ben has also put um, aluminum foil over the window. So he's trying to pull, they're pulling those down to get sunlight into his apartment. Yeah. And they put him into the shower and there's his doctor friend who is an anesthetist and Ben is, is they're, they're trying to wash him and try to get, you know, water yeah, on him. Trying to, to get him human again. Yeah. And Ben's like comes to for a moment and he goes, um, why are you shaving my balls? And the guy, and the guy goes, I'm a doctor. I've seen, I've, there's no drama. And he goes, I don't know why you're shaving my balls. Give me my razor. And yeah, just, exactly. But it's just, it, but Ben is in an absolute deep space of de- yeah, just depression, not because the Red Sox have lost any games. It's because that he and Leslie um, or Lindsay have broken up. It's just, it's, it's so depressing for him because, but this is, he's done it to himself, unfortunately. Yeah. Now I just want to take a moment to acknowledge the fact that Kevin is his anesthetist friend yeah. played by the incomparable Willie Garson. Who- now, he was who on unfortunately passed away. Now, if I remember correctly, he was the gentleman on Sex in the City, wasn't he? He was her gay best friend. Thank you. Yes, I thought on I Sex rem- in the City. Yeah, I thought I recognized um, him. And he uh, unfortunately passed away in 2021. So it just absolutely uh, Stanford Blatch on Sex in the City. He was also Mozzie on White Collar and absolutely brilliant. And but he'll always be Stanford Blatch to me. Mm. And, but he just, yeah, I just want to take a moment and say Vale to. Yeah. May, may he rest in peace. Cause he, he was, a, he was good in this movie. Yeah. I, 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 I thought I recognized him. everything I've ever seen Willie Garson in. I just adore him. Yeah. I thought I, I really thought I, um I, I recognized him. Yeah. Um, And of course, when he does go over to Lindsay's apartment to try and, uh, you know, try to reconcile there's now he, 
got very friendly with her dog. Um, and of course, when he goes to, to knock on the door, this very tall, handsome, executive. absolutely drop dead, freaking gorgeous guy that she is one of the clients of her business. Yeah. Now, there's no indication that they're in a relationship or they've started. I'm sorry, but I saw the first time I saw that guy, I'm like, her assistant's going to try and get them together. Yeah. Or, well, and he had that look of, oh, aren't you cute? And I just, yeah. I had a feeling that there was going to be something between those two at some point in this film. Yeah, and he was very, very chummy with the dog. And suddenly, when uh, Ben goes to pat the dog, it snaps at him. So I was like, "Oh, okay." So we realized yeah, that like, what the heck, maybe man? something's going on. But that Ben dog does loves him. But Ben does try to reconcile with with uh, Lindsay, but she just, you know, no, I'm not. Not nope, too little, really, too late. Yeah, unfortunately, you broke my heart, and I'm just, I, I'm not going to go down that path again. This is where that he decides that he wants to prove to Lindsay that she means more to him than the Red Sox. So she, so he decides he plans to sell his season tickets to one of their friends um, for $120,000 or $130,000, the same amount that they sold Babe Ruth for um, yeah. to the Yankees. Um, and so this is where Lindsay finds out during the celebration of her um, promotion, mm-hmm. because she finally gets the promotion, um, and she rushes out to stop him because it's like, hang on a minute, no, no, you can't do that because, you know, th- this team means so much to you. So um, she, does, she goes to um, Fenway Park and buys – a scalped uh, outfit, outfield ticket. And, oh, yeah, uh, I love it. She's like, the guy's like, okay, they're $240 each. Great, I'll take one. Well, I can't sell just one. She's like, fine, whatever. But she's like, you're a jerk, you know that? Yeah, and, but I like, I like the fact that when he she buys the tickets, which is now $600 for two, and yeah. he goes, she goes, well, hang on a minute, this is, and he goes, well, it's, it's, you know, it's in the getting towards the last part of the game. So, you know, and she goes, okay. And he goes, but if you don't want the other ticket, I'll buy it off of you for 50 bucks. Yeah. And she goes, oh, absolutely. And she walks over to him and she rips it up in front of him and goes, there you go. Sorry. And walks out, you know, so really, give me a break. Yeah, he was a dick. But I like it how he, she's looking for tickets and he's got a sign saying, I need tickets. Yeah. And as, as she walks past, he goes, do you need tickets? And she goes, well, don't you need tickets? And he goes, no, no, no. I write this sign. I need tickets to stop the cops coming to me to try and bust me for selling tickets. But I've got two in the outfield, you know. But yeah. it was being towards the end of the game. It's Yeah, like, so her ticket is over at the Green Monster. Yeah. And anyone that knows the Green Monster is the huge green wall at the back of and Fenway the, Park. Uh, in left field. Left field, yeah. So during the ninth inning of the Red Sox-Yankees playoff game, when the Red Sox are just three outs away from being swept, and Ben is in the stands about to finalize the ticket sale. Now, oh, Lindsay... yeah, because she tried to call her uh, yeah. friend's husband. That's right. And he's like in the middle of something and hangs, and hangs up, up on her and she won't, he won't pick up again. Yeah. Now, Lindsay drops over the outfield wall. This is the green monster. This is a drop and a half. Yeah. Now she's dropping in high freaking heels. Yep. She should have she broken has her got, ankle when she did got, that. Yeah, she's got ankle damage, or she is now no chance in hell that she's going to do what she's about to do. But she runs across the field around players to avoid security. And I just It was loved, awesome. It is an awesome run. But she runs to Ben, and she manages to get to him just as he's about to sell the ticket. But the funny thing is all the people around him are saying, Ben, 
Think about what you're about to do. You Don't can't do, do this. this. To your you uncle. can't. Yeah, this is your uncle's tickets, but there are people that would love these tickets. Please don't do this. You are and, going to regret and, and this. The, and, the, and the guy who's trying to buy him, he's like, shut up and leave him alone. He's an adult. And I like how he goes, uh, I'll throw you a ticket every now and again if you want to come, Ben. But yeah, like, in, in all honesty, these tickets are now forever mine. And yeah. Ben, I mean, okay, it's this moment that Ben's growing up. He's like, okay, she means more to me than the Red Sox. But I'm telling you, he would regret this. I mean, he could have. Oh, yeah. He could either have both these things, or if if Lindsay if Lindsay doesn't ever want him back, he's still got the tickets. Yeah, exactly. don't go and do something but so rash. Fortunately, he realizes that she's running across before he signs it. Even though the guy's like, "Come on, sign it, sign it, sign it, sign it," but he and, does. Huh? Does, he does sign no, it. No, he, he didn't. Oh, the, yes, he oh does. The, anyway, anyway. Yeah. He goes down to the the gate and she and she he, she runs up and she's like, look, I'll come with you in a second. I just got to talk to him real quick. Yeah. And he's like, but I love you and you're more important to me than the tickets. And she's like, I love you enough not to let you do this. But he goes a mistake. Yeah. And he goes, and no, don't worry about it. Up the paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and the guy goes to grab it because he's already signed it. Yeah. And just as, and of course, just as Ben's putting it behind him to give it to him, that's when Leslie springs over, grabs it and rips it up and says, nope, not doing it. Yep, so I'm they do. It, it's so awesome because they reunite and kiss in front of the entire crowd before Lindsay's arrested. Now, and of course, the, everybody's cheering. Oh, now, yeah. The, when they filmed this, it was on September 16th, 2004, in a game against the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, which Boston won 11 to 4. The shooting consisted of Drew Barrymore running across the field to where Jimmy Fallon was sitting near the Red Sox dugout. This was filmed after the game with about half the crowd staying on to be extras. That's awesome. I would have I loved love to have been there. I would have been there and gone, yep. I'm oh, staying. I totally would have stayed for that. Oh, hell yeah, definitely. Now I love it. The last part of the the uh, movie. Now there is a, a character by the name of Al in the in the movie, and he decide or Al Waterman, a sponge salesman who also he was the, the first person that Ben met when he came to the park at nine years old the first time with his uncle. Yeah. Now I could read the epilogue because there is an epilogue that they say at the end of the but movie. But I love it because when he just when he says that he's definitely going to sell the tickets, you know, Al's been one of the ones who's been the most vocal about you can't do this, you you know, whatever. And he looks at him and says, I want all my sponges back. Oh yeah, that's right, because he gives him a free sponge. <laughs> but he also socks Ben in the head with his program as if and says yeah. your your uncle would be turning over in his grave with what you're about to do. How yeah. dare you do this? Yeah. But I love it at the very end of the movie, Alan narrates the epilogue. Now I could oh, actually, I love the epilogue. I could read it all out, but I'm gonna let you listen to it because it is that freaking cool. Well, you pretty much know the rest. Rivera walks Malai, Roberts pinch runs and steals second. Miller drives him in, Ortiz in extra innings, extra innings again the next night, Schilling bloody sock in New York, Lowe and Pedro find their form, Damon's grand salami in game seven, bye-bye Bambino. Boston Red Sox have won the pennant. So what am I saying, that it was all karma because Lindsay came back to Ben? Look. All I know is when the Red Sox went to St. Louis for the series, me and the girls and Artie told them, you two got to be there to keep this thing going. And they went, and lo and behold. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. And that night there was a blue moon and a total eclipse. And those are the facts. Oh. One more thing. 
You know that little player to be named later? Ben says if it's a boy, they'll name him Ted Williams Reitman. If it's a girl, Carla Yastrzemski Reitman. Let's all pray for a boy. The player to be named later. <laughs> I know. I love that one. Carla Yastrzemski. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's pray for a boy. God. And if it's a girl. Oh, yeah. And I love the chanting, Let's Go Red Sox. The movie doesn't go to black it just has fireworks in the city of boston and it has little snippets of the boston red sox playing against different teams and that is the end of the movie let's now, go red sox now on a scale of zero to no, five no 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 we're not no? there yet oh sorry no we got more stuff yet okay i got cool stuff okay okay on 27 October 2004, the finale of this film was shot on location at Bush Stadium in St. Louis during Game 4 of the 2004 World Series between the Red Sox and the Cardinals. After the last play of the game in the bottom of the ninth during Red the Red Sox celebration, stars Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon were filmed also celebrating together on the field with the Fox broadcast also showing both of them. Rewrites by Peter Farrelly and Bobby Farrelly had to be done immediately following the World Series game seven clincher of the ALCS, the American League Championship Series, against the New York Yankees to include the historic 2004 Boston Red Sox postseason. Barrymore remarks in one of the DVD featurettes, you don't get to shoot your film at the World Series with a team that hasn't won in 86 years, that that has this legendary curse on them, so to speak. Um, yeah. And I always, I just thought that was absolutely brilliant. Now, um, speaking of the curse, the term, the curse of the Bambino to describe the Red Sox futility since 1918 was popularized by Boston Globe sports columnist, Dan Shaughnessy's 1990 book of the same name, which also inspired the HBO documentary curse of the Bambino in 2003, including Shaughnessy following the 2004 season, HBO released a follow-up reverse the curse of the Bambino while Shaughnessy published a follow-up book entitled reversing the curse. Now, just a quick question. Now, you know, you've said about the fact that the Yankees, um, you know, uh, well, wouldn't you think that the Yankees, because they got Babe Ruth, and would you say that Babe Ruth is the best player in the history of the game? Not the best player in history, but definitely one of the top 10. Okay. So, and and quite possibly the most famous. So what wouldn't you think that the New York Yankees would actually have one up on the Red Sox to say, hey, we got Babe Ruth. You guys were stupid enough to sell it, sell him to um, us? The Red Sox have been known to do that because in recent history, they also did that with, um, oh, I'm going to see his face and I can't think of his name. There's been several really massive. Uh, okay, actually, let me just, okay, talk for a second. Yeah, no, because it was just really interesting because, you know, you were saying that, you know the the Red Sox, um, you know fans are obnoxious and this and that. And you know if you've got something to, if you say you've got one of the major, uh, you know players, and you're being cocky about having one of those major players, okay, yeah, I can understand you being condescending to other teams or being very much in your face with other teams. But in all honesty, you know the Red Sox fans don't really shouldn't be as vocal as they are because the fact is that you sold one of the greatest players of all time in in baseball for a broadway musical wouldn't you think that the red sox would sit there and go okay we can't be we we have to eat a little bit of humble pie because we were the idiots that sold babe ruth i mean so 
the the Red Sox have Red Sox players that have gone to the Yankees include Kevin Uchilis. Yeah. Alan Embry. Yeah, I've heard of him. Carl Mays. Uh, yeah, amazing. I've heard of him. Yeah. Jacoby J- Jacoby Ellsbury. Mm-hmm. Louis Tiant. Wade Boggs. That's the one I was trying Wade to Wade Boggs, I know him. Wade yeah. Boggs, dude. Yeah, you know okay. him. He went to the Yankees. Um, Ed Barrow. Roger, oh my God, I forgot. Roger Clemens, seriously? Roger Clemens went to the Yankees from Roger. <laughs> they say Roger Clemens um, was a traitor to the Red Sox in two ways. Spurning an offer to return to the Red Sox twice. Yeah. I but didn't yeah, realize Roger, Clemens Roger went. Clemens, Babe Ruth, and they're so, saying the original traitor. They're not traitors. The Red Sox are idiots. They sold him. So, I mean, and Johnny uh, Damon. All right, so it really comes down to very poor management yes. when it comes to the Red Sox. So, but you know, you would think that maybe the Red Sox supporters would be a little bit more humble in their opinion of the of the Yankees no. because of the fact that the, with poor management skills, you sold some of the best players to an, uh, the opposing team. Yeah, but that's I, I that's know, Red Sox all over. That. But you know, I just I don't know. I just think to myself that they should be a little bit more humble and not be so aggressive because if you're doing trades that's stupid and selling babe ruth to the yankees oh then... well when have you ever known anybody of that level of ego to admit that they're wrong oh no there there, there is there i is mean no come on let's just I, i'm i'm, I'm hoping yeah i'm hoping for something that's just now i do have some more little fun little bits of trivia yeah, go for it so B- Lindsay and ben have lunch at a restaurant at one point in the film named fabrizio Wait, yes. at the at the time, Drew Barrymore, who played Lindsay, was engaged to Fabrizio Moretti, the drummer in the band The Strokes. Yes, she so was. They named the restaurant after him. Yes, I. Yes, she was. That's right. And let's see. Following the film's release, the Red Sox made the postseason in 2005, but lost to the eventual World Series champion Chicago White Sox in the American League Division Series. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like this one. Before his retirement in 20, after the 2016 Major League Baseball season, David Ortiz was the last active Major League player to appear in this film. So as we know, following the film's release, the Red Sox went on to win the World Series three more times in 2007 against the Colorado Rockies, 2013 against the Cardinals, and again in 2018 against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, okay. I thought it was kind of fun that Jimmy Fallon's wife, Nancy Juvonen, owns co-owns the production company flower films with drew barrymore oh that's right yeah she does own a uh, a production company yeah. doesn't she so the comparison between the 2003 alcs and the 2004 alcs that takes place at the end of the film is that both went the full seven games and both seven both game sevens were paid, played at yankee stadium okay okay uh, I've only got a few more. Mm-hmm. So Ben, as we have, as we said earlier, has a giant replica of Fenway Park's um, left field wall, a.k.a. the Green Monster, Monster on the yeah. wall of his apartment. In real life and in his it apartment, does. the wall includes a hand-operated scoreboard. The particular game immortalized on Ben's mural is that of Game 3 of the 1999 American League Championship Series, won by the Red Sox over the New York Yankees 13-1. to Before Boston's conquest of New York in 2004, depicted at the end of the film, the 99 game was one of the most memorable Boston wins in recent memory. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um. There is an extended Red Sox edition of the film featuring some scenes not featured in the original. 
Okay, so we might have to find the extended edition to. I, this I movie. have it in eBay. I need you to look at it and tell me which one we should get. <laughs> okay. Um, it was released in Australia under the title "The Perfect Catch." Was it? Yes. Yes, it was. Now, I also just while I was doodling just a minute ago, there was the 1997 movie "Fever Pitch" with Colin Firth. Yes, and that's actually about cricket. Yes, thank you. I, I I thought that was a different sport altogether. I started trying to. My mother and I. I actually found this film when I when my mother was visiting me one summer, and we went to see it and absolutely fell in love with it. And then we found out it was a remake of a Colin Firth film, and I adore Colin Firth. Anything yeah. he's in, I I love. And so we rented it back in the days when you did that kind of thing. Yeah, and. Neither one of us could get more than a, a third of the way through it because it was just boring. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry to say, I mean, I'm. I'm. And there are many of us out there. Just because you're born in Australia, and you have cricket shoved down your throat every summer, doesn't mean you're a cricket fan. And I will say that I am one of those people that I would much rather sit and either watch paint dry or two cockroaches battle it out than actually watch cricket. I mean, they yeah. try to make cricket look to be like the most exciting sport. On the planet, and I'm yeah. sorry, even the 2020, whatever the hell that is, I mean, the test cricket, I'm sorry, no, it's not. So for you to sit there and try and get into cricket on a Colin Firth movie, I mean, yeah, I like Colin Firth too, um, but no, yeah, I, just I, do I can't it. do it. The, I, I like baseball. I've always liked baseball. Um, you know, there, I, <laughs> you know, I actually, funny enough, before I even met you, way before I met you, when I was a kid growing up, my first baseball cap that I ever got, pittsburgh pirates really i thought you said it was the yankees no it was because pittsburgh. because that's the only team but australians seem to know is the yankees yeah yeah but my father found me a baseball because obviously my name paul he gave me a baseball cap with a name with a p on it and i found out that it was the pittsburgh pirates actually i used to play baseball or softball when i was a kid and my first team was the pirates Ah, so I see? had a, a, a team. Uh, a yeah. Cap. So I so I had the Pittsburgh Pirates as my very very first baseball cap. So if I'm if I'm being a traitor to the Yankees or to the Red Sox, my original team was the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yep. But so I have seen... two bits of trivia left. Yep. Go for it. The first, which I oh actually I'm going to go for the DVD alternate ending first. Okay. The DVD edition of the film dubbed the Curse, Cursed Reversed Edition for Boston Red Sox fans by Fox contains the alternate ending of the film that was actually shot during the 2004 playoffs in the World Series. In the original ending of the film, scripted by Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel, you gotta love Babalu. Babalu. <laughs> the Curse of the Mambino, dubbed by diehard Red Sox fans, would have continued if the Yankees had beaten them in the playoffs. The Red Sox, who were down by three games, had come back and beaten the Yankees, which was the first time a pro sports team had ever come back from such a defeat and eventually won the World Series, sweeping the St. Louis Cardinals. The moment that it had happened, Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon, in character, ran onto the field and celebrated with the team. This ending was edited in the film as a montage with narration by actor Jake Keller. That's the one that I was, yeah, that's the one I was yeah. thinking about because they were jumping up and down. Uh, all excited and it's honestly worth watching the credits just to see the, the different bits that they bring up during that yeah i liked the the ending montage yep now you had asked me about this the other day or okay. actually yesterday when we took our little date day road trip mm. sweet Caroline. yeah i want to know why is it that they actually have have adopted neil diamond's song why? the honest truth is i don't know i think it's just because it's fun to sing 
It's a great song to sing, absolutely. So what happens is is that every program game between at the bottom of the seventh, where we're going into the bottom of the seventh. So the if you don't know baseball, there's two halves to every inning. The top half and the bottom half. Yeah. The top half is when the visiting team is batting and the home team is pitching and fielding. Yeah. And then the bottom of it is when it switches and the home team is uh, batting and the visiting team is pitching and fielding. Yeah. Okay. And in that transition between the top and the bottom of the seventh inning is what is called the seventh inning stretch. And everybody stands up, literally stands up and stretches and sings, take me out to the ball game. Right. Okay. And then for some reason, they've just carried on Switch with a few to, other songs. Yeah. One of which is usually Sweet Caroline because everybody just loves to sing it because it's so much fun. It is a great song. So good. So good. So good. <laughs> <laughs> now, they do do this in the film. And the part that I wanted to just throw out there hmm. is that Sweet Caroline was sung live by Neil Diamond in 2013 during the first Red Sox game at Fenway Park since the Boston Marathon bombing. Really? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. So I saved that for my last piece of trivia. I like that last bit of trivia. That is beautiful. I really do like that one. Yeah, I thought you might like that one. So on a scale of zero to five movie reels, zero being how do I get the last 104 minutes of my life back to five, it was a perfect movie and I'd watch it all over again. What would you give the score? Actually, we just watched it last week. And after talking about it, I really want to watch it again. What would you so give the score? I'm, I honestly would give this one a five. I'm right. I there think it's you. my first five on the home class. Yeah, it is. I'll give it a five. Except for maybe Love Actually. Yeah, there's another Colin Firth, Love Actually, yeah. yes, um, which we do always watch because we do like that movie. I love that Christmas movie time. so hard. Um, but yeah, I will, I'll give this movie, funny enough, I would have never, ever seen this movie unless it was with you that you managed to talk me into this. And I have definitely just put this into my top 10. So on so a scale of it? five out of five. Cool. Yeah, I mean, part of me wants to say for, like four point seven five. I mean, most people there's would... always room for improvement. Yeah, yeah. But I honestly, this could become one of those movies that I just sleep through. You know, like put on look, at night and. Yeah, I mean, look. The thing to. is, this movie is. I mean, the pacing is good. Yeah. The character development is good. The actors are good. The storyline is solid. The yeah. um the whole premise of the movie is solid. I mean, there. I I'm I'm, I'm sure there is something in this movie that you sit there and go. Uh, it's not a five out of five poll or cat. It's not that at all. But from our point of view, I think that it's it's one of those movies that I will I will go and revisit, you know, at least two or three more times throughout the year because it is enjoyable to watch. It's just fun. And that's the that's it. There's, and it just a makes lot you want movies. to watch baseball. Yeah, I mean, we do watch baseball. We 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 unfortunately can't get MLB right now. I I do want to subscribe to it at some stage because I do love my baseball. Um, but we do watch the occasional game that we can find a whole game on um, YouTube. And but yeah. you know, you try and get the more recent games, not the ones that have been seven years ago. But even if but we find a game, too. but even if we find a game that was seven years ago, it's not like we're sitting there, you know, reading out the the stats and the scores and knowing who the whole one. We I don't just do like that. Watching the game. But we just love sitting there watching the game because it's it's a it's you know cat was born and raised in america i lived in america for four years and it becomes part of your bloodstream when you're living in america that you start to gravitate towards the sports i love the new england patriots i love the red sox and yeah. the yankees um but the fact is that 
I love I love being in that space of Kat and I being able to sit and really enjoy something together that we both enjoy doing and we both enjoy um watching. So yeah, you know, it, it shows you that we actually watch more baseball than we do Australian rules football. You know, we haven't watched, oh, we haven't um, actually watched it in, in about, about three in years. Ages. Yeah. But yet we watch more of a, of baseball. So really, it's it is a fun movie. I would definitely say anyone that really wants to watch this movie, I would give them definitely a yes. Go and get it, rent it, buy it, whatever you can, steal it, whatever you can do, because it is a great movie to watch. So I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, mm-hmm. um, and I will be coming over to check out which eBay uh, listing you are going to get so we can buy this movie because I do awesome. want to keep this in our collection. All right. So this one ran a little bit long. Sorry about that, guys. Well, we got excited about the yes, movie. Yes, we did. We got, uh, but then again, we had, but then again, poor old cat had to sit through Megaforce. So give her some, yes. cut her some slack. <laughs> so I want to thank you, especially if you've listened all the way through to the end. For well done. Huh? I said, well done. You hung in there all the way to the end. <laughs> but we want to thank you for joining us today. And in all seriousness, our listeners are everything to us. And yes. if you know anyone who would enjoy the podcast, please invite them along for the conversation. If you want to give us a like and a review, especially on Apple Podcasts, that helps spread the word so that we can just keep on talking about movies and inviting people into the conversation. Absolutely. And if you and want pretty, to pretty soon. Up- what? I was going to say, and pretty soon we'll be doing all the Conjuring and Insidious movies coming yes, up. Yes, yes, we will. And Star Wars. Star Wars and also possibly the Annabelle movies and as Harry well. Potter. And well, Harry Potter. Yeah, we can do Harry Potter. You sat through Megaforce. You got you got some you've got some credit in the bank. Both West Side stories. Oh god. Yes. They're awesome. They're just sing song movies. No, they're not. Okay, we're, okay, but we're not gonna we'll get into that argument after we we wrap this up. Fantastic. So anyway, if you want to reach out to us, it is hello at homeclassmoviechat.com. And we can't wait to see you next time. And in the meantime, grab your popcorn, your soda, and your candy, and we'll see you at the movies. Bye, everyone. <laughs>